Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Steam Ahead. I am your host, Zoe, with my co-host here, Angel. How's it going? We are one week away. One week, seven days away from Astros opening day, taking on the Chicago White Sox. Can't and, wait. Oh my gosh, it's almost here. If you're an Astros fan, you're, you know, you're definitely excited and trying to see that gold banner. Of course, the next day come in. The players are going to get their Astro World Series rings. I'm surprised we haven't even seen the World Series, um, the rings unveiled. They, they haven't showed a video or no picture of it. I'm pretty sure this coming week we will see because, I mean, it's like we said, one week away from opening day. And the fans don't even know how the rings are going to look. It could even look like from the year that they won in 2017. Yeah, they're keeping it secretive for sure. Even on the promotional uh, tickets, like when you get the tickets mm-hmm. or like the posters or banners like it's just a black silhouette of a ring like, yeah they like they're not giving no hints well, hopefully sure. it's something special i would love to see something different compared to the other rings that i mean well not even rings but the ring that we had in 2017 you know look pretty cool but like you know how in football they add like the two super bowl trophies or like what about two doing, series trophies i don't know trophy. well it's like the warriors they open the inside oh, of their yeah. ring and i i don't know what they had inside particularly i think cool. it was, i think it was the trophies i want to say inside yeah. But I mean something different compared to all the other World Series rings out For there. Sure. I, I think the ring actually the Braves have something similar, I want to say, to the Warriors. Right? I, like when it opens it up. It opens up, yeah. I think. I'm not too, you know, hundred percent sure. But like you said, I mean, they're just hiding it, just like how they tried hiding the Astros gold rush gear. Oh man, that was exciting to be a part of. Uh, I was out there just looking at the line, seeing how it was. I was able to get my hands on some Astros go gear as well as i believe you too as well had yeah. down to jersey i wasn't part of that hectic run but you know it's good to know people right yeah i mean, too, I mean you're you're talking to Hasho fans around you i mean everybody's there for one reason as they're you know to get a hand on the astros world series merchandise and i'm pretty sure with all that money i'm hoping they will sign kyle tucker yeah. your um alex bregman jose altuve and Framber valdez yeah like i was texting you that i was like man like 200 steep so they better be paying one of those with and that they money have to, they have to but uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute we have some astros roundup updates as well and instead of saying around the league we're just gonna say world baseball classic talk because that's the biggest thing right now that's going around the league is the ending of the wbc but Let's start off with some Astros roundup. And the biggest topic I would say is going to be Jose Altuve. That is the the player that we want to know when he's going to come back to the Houston Astros and hopefully send us on a push to getting another World Series. Well, we talked about last time that he got a broken uh, fractured finger on his thumb. Dana Brown said the swelling had it to go down a little until they could start doing a procedure, you know, surgery and things like that. Now, Dana Brown told the media yesterday that Jose Altuve has successfully had surgery on his right thumb in Houston. He also gave the timeline and it's going to be about two months before he can resume baseball activities, meaning, you know, throwing a ball, hitting a ball, things like that, um, even some rehab games as well. So I'm thinking about two to three months, I would say, that we'll see Jose Altuve back with the Astros. So I want to get your take on this. Since the Astros are not going to have him for the, you know, I would say half of the season, what do the AL West standings look like when he returns? Where do the Astros stand when Jose Altuve returns? Do you see them being on top? Do you see them being in the middle or second place? I mean, what's your take? Well, the Astros have been hit with the injury bug for sure. And we'll get a little bit more detail into those in a second. 
So, and how we were talking about last podcast, this division is not easy as years pass. Like, Mm-mm. everybody's gotten better. And without our best player on the field and with possibly missing about one or two starters, I say it's anybody's game. I feel like probably – I still think we have enough to win games, especially against the A's, the Rangers, even Seattle, um, and the Angels as well. Mm-hmm. So I see us maybe being either top or top two. Like, it's going to be a grinding, like a tough and grinding out season, especially, again, with our injuries. But I still feel confident this team's too, like, they're too experienced not to, like, to fall below third or second. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we all had seen that at the beginning of the season. The Angels were hot, and they were saying, oh, well, Joe Madden said they could compete with the Astros. And then after that, they just fell off the surface of the earth. But, I mean, I agree with you. I think this team is too experienced to go to third or fourth, fifth place. This team is also a slow team to stay on top. They've always struggled winning ball games in the beginning of the season. But at the same time, I 100% agree with you about the experience. I mean, this team has been to the postseason, the ALCS, especially six years in a row. I'd say about first or second place, they're going to have to fight with Seattle because yeah. Seattle is probably going to be the toughest team in that division to keep up with. I think the sleeper on that division as well is going to be the Texas Rangers. There's no hidden gem on that because, like I mentioned last podcast with Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon as well, they got pitching. They added pitching depth with DeGrom if he's healthy. Tyler Anderson had a good season with the Dodgers last year. So, I mean, they're going to come up firing and just trying to do whatever they can to stay up top above water. But I think they'll they'll still be fighting for that first and second place. And if I really wanted a guess to say, I'd say second because, I mean – you, you can't say the Seattle Mariners aren't a good team. They were the best team in the AL um, postseason last year. I, that was my my take when we are talking about the postseason run last year. I said Seattle Mariners are going to be the hardest team to beat. The New York Yankees were that second seed, but I saw them not being really a tough opponent compared to Seattle. For sure. And speaking of that sleeper pick, you had the Rangers. Think about the Angels. Like yeah. Patrick Sandoval looked good in the WC. WC. Ohtani, yeah. just as advertised, and they added a few big arms, and Rendon's coming back this season. That offense, you know, I feel like the 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 Angels are an offense team where like their pitching mm-hmm. always lacks, and now they added some arms. And the way Patrick Sandoval again was pitching, I feel like that's a different team. Yeah, sure. definitely. So just let us know. I mean, if you want to just tweet out, I mean, we're, we want to know where do you see the Astros standing in the AL West when it comes Altuve coming to um, you know back with the team? Because I'd be really interesting to hear what y'all say about that. I think it's. Really interesting to hear, too, as well, because not a lot of people are thinking about, oh, well, where the Astros are going to stand when he comes back. There's a lot of injuries we're going to go through in a minute, but we have somebody returning, right? For sure. Alvarez returns today. Yes. making his spring training debut. Again, we only have about six spring trainings left. Hopefully, and I feel like if Dusty plays his cards right, he'll be in every single game. Maybe not get as much, like... Maybe not play the whole game again because you like you want to ease him back, but he will be in every game mm-hmm. just to get him ready for that opening day. Speaking of opening day, Baker did not commit saying Alvarez will be ready for opening day, but he has hopes. When do you think we'll see Alvarez back? I would say if it's not going to be opening day, it's going to be that next series against the Tigers. I, I really think so. I don't think it's going to take Alvarez to, to find his groove. Of course, this is going to be a spring training debut. Yeah. This is going to be his first time seeing live pitching ever since he turned that game upside down in the World Series with the Phillies. So I I won't be too surprised if they don't put him in the opening day lineup. 
But at the same time, too, you got to understand as an Astro fan, you don't want him to rush back. Of course, he's been dealing with this nagging injury for a good while. We've Astros fans have seen it happen since last year. So I'd say if being realistic, if he doesn't come back for opening day, I'd say the Tiger series. My pushback on that. If you're saying he comes back in that Tiger series, so are you think he'll be like a healthy and active, you could say? Because if we put him in a 10-day DL, he has to miss 10 days. Okay. So do you think the Astros have him, like, for example, like, is he just on the roster, he's just not playing? Or do you think they put him on the DL and he'll be back later? No, I think they'll put him on the roster. I think it's just going to depend, too, on how he is in these six games in spring training. I'm pretty sure he's going to get a lot of at-bats in these last six games. If not, he'll probably get – he'll probably play four out of the six because he needs to start seeing live pitching – the season's just around the corner, like we said earlier today. It's going to be very important. And if not, like I said, I I wasn't going to answer your question right now. I'd see him on the roster, maybe as a pitch hitter in one of them games, but not starting on the lineup. Yeah, I feel like this is like his rehab start. And rehabs, uh, like when they go to the minors, usually last about a week. So yeah. I can see that happening. Speaking of updates, we're going to talk about some Astros that are having – they're bit by the injury bug and every year and they get bit by an injury bug. But right now it's early in the season. It's not even before opening day yet. They're already getting some players on the IL and we're going to start off with Michael Brantley. They said he is probably starting on the IL to open the season, which you understand because he was dealing with some personal and family matters and things like that. So I completely understand that that's going to happen. Like we said before, let's not rush him getting into the season because that shoulder injury can happen at any time during the upcoming season as well. We mentioned already with Altuve, he's going to be out for two months. Kyle Tucker suffered a minor ankle sprain, hitting a foul ball off his right ankle in one of the WBC games. That's why he didn't play, I believe, in the Cuba game and the Japan game as well. We didn't see him out there at all. However, we got good news on that. Dana Brown said he should be fine. It wasn't really nothing major. I'm glad Tucker, too. Being a vet that he is, he said, I'm pretty sure he told Mark DeRosa, hey, don't put me in. I understand this is a big game, especially, you know, you want to be in the WBC final. But the season, I believe that's more important to Kyle Tucker than anything else. So that was a good sign. Especially since he's chasing that bag. So yeah, he wants to be on the field for that. Definitely. And then Lance McCullough's journey, we haven't got an update on him. I haven't seen anything on the social media platform, even from Chandler Rome or Brian McTaggart as well. I didn't see nothing with him yet. I'm pretty sure he's throwing every single other day. He's not throwing every single day, but, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, schedule like that. Pretty pretty sure he's doing that. Then lastly, Hunter Brown. He was scratched from yesterday's start due to lower back tightness, and that was shocking when I had saw it on my phone. I didn't think that was going to happen. That was going to be his last start, too, in the spring. Um, But it was a precaution. That's the good thing. It wasn't nothing major. Astros saw something that they didn't like. Hunter Brown probably had let them know, hey, right now I'm feeling a little tightness in my back. I don't want to pitch. I don't want to be nothing major. So that was good on both sides of that. Are we hitting the panic button this early? I mean, we've talked about last year, a lot of panic buttons to begin, the mid, and even the postseason. We're hitting the panic button early this season? Or do you're not hitting the panic button at all for as an Astro fan? Not yet. Again, it's a long taxing season. I feel like the most important thing is getting these guys healthy. Even with Narius, I think he threw one uh, like two pitches and, and Monty Manato went up to him and they took him out the game as a precaution yeah. as well. Like, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. 
I feel like, again, just like I said, it's a long season. These guys will get healthy. That's the main thing. And once we get healthy, we're, we're, we're World Series potential again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, same thing with Javier. He had lowered his velocity by, I think, three miles per hour. Same thing as Neris was like two miles per hour. I mean, that's the first thing you don't like to see if you're a manager. You don't want to see your pitcher's velocity just go down all of a sudden because that could be a symptom of having some type of injury. And since we're talking about Neris, let's just talk about our bullpen already. I mean, this bullpen was one of the best bullpens in postseason history last year. And, I mean, we're we're having the same guys back, which is really good. But we have a heavy right-handed bullpen this coming season. Last year, we had Will Smith. Last year, we tried having Blake Taylor, but he was injured a little bit. Same thing as Parker Mashinsky. This year, the Astros are going to start with a heavy right-handed bullpen. Left-handed pitcher Matt Gage was option. He was the last left-handed pitcher to be option in minor league camp, which is very interesting because he didn't have a bad spring training at all. ERA was 150. He pitched five games, six innings pitch, four hits, one earned run, six strikeouts, opponent batting average of 182. I, I mean, that's pretty strong numbers from a left-handed pitcher, and this guy was claimed off waivers from the Astros. Dana Brown saw something in him, and I mean – the numbers speak for itself. The stats from spring training, yeah, they're not facing about like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado type players, but I mean, at the same time too, it's 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 pretty good to see numbers like that. So we won't see a left-handed pitcher. Maybe we'll see Matt Gage maybe come up in the mid-season or even the upcoming early season. You never know. But another guy that's been dominating this spring training, and he's been the main topic of spring training, I want to say for not just Dana Brown, for the Astros themselves, is Ronel Blanco. Pitch well in his last start. I don't I don't think he's going to have one more start, but if this is his last start, I mean, it was fascinating. He didn't do bad at all. He only gave up one run, I believe. He can actually make the opening day roster, really. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm pretty sure we can see a six-man rotation, and they'll try to stretch him out to five or four and then make it a bullpen game. But, I mean, he looked really fascinating. Finished the if, – if it was his last start, and his last game, which I really highly doubt he'll probably pitch one more. He's 2-0, 0.64 ERA, 14 innings pitch, 9 hits, 1 earned run, 17 strikeouts. Very crazy numbers. I mean, that's video game numbers. And people wouldn't have to expect Ronel Blanco coming into spring training and having a spring training like this. But if you saw his fall league numbers back at the Dominican Winter League, he looked really good himself out there. So as of right now, the Astros bullpen looks like Phil Maton, Rafael Montero, Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek, Hector Neris, Brian Abreu, and Seth Martinez, which Seth Martinez has been doing good. I've been a big fan of him since last year. Uh, 129 ERA, he's pitched seven games, seven innings, four hits, one earned run. So, I mean, we already know how Seth Martinez is. I think he's really ready to be in the big leagues now, but... How do you feel about this bullpen heading into the season, though? I mean, it looks really good. I mean, we kept the same guys, adding two more guys into that bullpen a little bit more. I mean, what do you think? Oh, I love it. I'm expecting high expectations. I feel like we can replicate what we did last year. I'm not too worried about not having a lefty in the bullpen because I feel like guys like Maton and Stanek and even Abreu have shown that they can go after not just righties but lefties as well. Yeah. I feel like the hitters are adjusting and I feel like coaches are going to start putting like their best guys out there not just that lefty lefty matchup or right right matchup so again I feel great about it I feel our guys can handle any hitter at any count any time of day 
I mean, I agree too. I mean, analytics are a big part of this game. Dusty Baker apparently is, I mean, them old heads like the lefty-lefty situation. That's been the biggest thing about baseball. It's no secret about that. But analytics are now heavy in this game. Technology is really changing this game. And like you mentioned, big players coming up to the plate. Jordan Alvarez hits really good against left-handed pitchers. Kyle Tucker as well. Juan Soto. I mean, they're, everybody, uh, Otani, yeah. I mean, everybody is adjusting to the pitching, and it's because of technology and analytics. Yeah, for sure. I feel like by looking at video and even drills, they, they can kind of see the rotation of the ball and, you know, just be ready to hit. Yeah. Moving on, we had such an amazing World Baseball Classic. I feel it was a total success. It's already listed to come. Probably the best. I think so. I feel like the World Baseball Classic was kind of like the Caribbean series where people went out to represent the country, but it wasn't big. But, man, this one really put the World Baseball Classic on the map. Big time. Like, I feel like more people are excited about for 2026 when it comes around. It's going to be a great day. Like I'm sorry, 2026 is going to be a great year for sports in the United States. We'll have the World Cup and the World Baseball Classic in the same year. So tickets might be kind of expensive. So, again, start saving up. But again, it the was World like, Cup is coming to the to the U.S. I believe in 2026. Yeah, the Olympics, I believe. Oh, the Olympics, something well? like oh, that. Wow. I know it's something, some big event. I don't know if it's the World Cup or if it's the Olympics. I'm, I'm well, I mentioned the too. World Cup, so like, like we're having the World Cup and we're having the World Baseball Classic. I didn't know about mm. the Olympics. Uh, the Olympics is coming, I, I believe, in the late 20s, in the 2028 or 2026. So, One of them, I don't yeah. know. United States about to be the hotspot for sports and we love to see it yeah you'd love to see that so recap japan wins their third wbc champion cementing themselves as one of the best if not the best international squad like no one else has won more than one in the five years J- japan has dominated again they won three dominican republic has won usa has won and you couldn't have scripted any better no you could ninth <laughs> inning three two count otani versus trout in a winner take off for the championship and Otani just gets the best of him with that slider. It was the middle away. I feel like Trout could have put in a better swing, but hey, that's Otani up there. Like, what was your opinion about the World Baseball Classic? What do you think? I mean, WBC has always been one of the best events, I think, for baseball. I know it's not like the World Cup. It's nothing compared to the World Cup. It's nothing compared to the Olympics as well. But it is one probably, you know, as baseball fans, it is probably one of the coolest events to probably go be a part of because you're not going to see other fan bases like the Dominican Republic that we saw, the uh, the Puerto Ricans as well, Venezuelans. I mean, other countries bring in their culture and the energy that they bring, the instruments, the music. I mean, you're in it. You're you're definitely in it. And that's one thing I really like about the WBC because you get to see different aspects of the game different things like that and for baseball fans as well i think everybody likes to see their star player go represent their country and i know for a fact that the players love to do that for themselves as well because they want to represent where they came from their roots and things like that like marcus stroman for instance he played for team usa in 2017 and he represented Puerto Rico because of his mother. He wanted to do that. Same thing as Freddie Freeman's story. Freddie Freeman's story is one of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard for a person to participate in the WBC. He dedicates that to his mother. And, you know, sadly, he had lost his mother to cancer. But 
the reason why he represents Team Canada is just because of the fact that he always thinks about his mom. That's just the beauty about this sport and just really the WBC. So I, I, I really love the WBC. I don't see it going anywhere else. Rob Manfred already had mentioned it's coming back in 2026. So I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. For sure. And even in Japan, I believe in that final game, if I remember my numbers right, it was about 96% of the entire country of Japan was watching the game. That's mm-hmm. like literally almost every household. Like That is wild. I, I like how Pedro Martinez... He he interviewed Otani on MLB Network, and he just told like Otani on on the live broadcast. I just want to take the time to tell you thank you for giving this basically giving the game your all and bringing this sport where it needs to be. Definitely. And Otani has. I mean, this guy is gonna get paid this coming this oh, yeah. new year for the new free agency market. Half a million dollars, calling it. I'm I'm saying it too. He's going to be the first guy to go and get a $500 million contract. Sorry, half a billion. That's what I meant to say. Half a billion. Well, yeah, 500 million. I said 500. I don't know. 500 million. I know that for a fact. He's going to be the first guy to get it. And it's not even a U.S. player. Yeah. It's not even a U.S. player. The highest one right now is Mike Trout. But come 2024 for the next uh, season, it's going to be Shohei Otani. I'm sure. Yeah. And it's going to be a Japanese player, which nothing wrong with that because he is a unicorn. This guy is rare. A guy we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. Pitch and hit. He hits over. He can hit a, what, the exit velocity off his bat is over 100-something, and he throws about 100 to 102. So, I mean, he deserves it. He does deserve it. And, I'm you know, just like Martinez said, I'm thanking him as well for – bringing the game of baseball up there to being a worldwide sport. Where do you see Otani playing next year? I hope not the Dodgers <laughs> because the Dodgers didn't do a lot this coming off season. That's what I was telling you about earlier but too. give me daddy Cohen. Cohen's going to spin and he will do anything for his squad to try to get a world series. So I, I got to predict Matt's what, what are you going to say? You know what? Hopefully fingers crossed. I'm about to start praying right now. Maybe the Astros, but Man. realistically now You speaking, better say bye to Tucker, say <laughs> bye to Valdez, say bye to Altuve, and Real, say bye to Bregman. I don't know. I think uh, Crane has that money. He just needs to spend it out, take it out of his pocket. But realistically speaking, I think I see him with the the Padres. Wow. The Padres. Padres? Well, Padres, too, had said that they're going to go all in for him, too. Yeah. So it's going to be – I'm kidding you not. 32 – Major League Baseball teams are going to go after this guy. There's no way in hell that they're not. For sure. And again, just like we are saying, he's going to get that bag. They're looking for – he's going to expand the market. The market's going to be crazy at the following free agency. And not just that, too, with Japan as well. I mean, we got to see their starting pitcher, and he was pumping gas. That's 21-year-old. 21 years old, too. Well, didn't you see he threw a 17-strikeout perfect game? I like, did not see that that's actually. Seventeen strikeout perfect game in Japan, like that is crazy. I, I never, and I never saw that. I think in his three innings of work, he threw about only two, three pitches under hundred miles per hour. Like wow. that were fastballs. That's crazy. Yeah, I never had would have thought had to see somebody like that. But I mean, he was throwing gas, dude. I mean, he looked good too in the WBC. He just made that mistake to trade Turner. Which I mean, you're you're gonna make a mistake as a pitcher sometimes, and, and it happens. But he had a great WBC. Same thing as Yoshida, and Yoshida just got signed with the Red Sox. I think that's a great sign for the Red Sox. He had over 400 this WBC as well. Murakami as well. I mean, this guy had 
in Mexico, well, we didn't really, we're not really going to go in depth with Mexico, but he was the guy that hit the winning and he had the walk off. And then he comes in and he ties the game and hits a bomb to the second deck of Lone Depot Park. So Japan is growing their game as well. I mean, we've seen a lot of players get signed there after Otani had set his feet down in the U.S. There's been a lot of Japan players coming into the U.S. and making their mark. So I think it's good for the sport of baseball. I really like it. It's worldwide now. People shouldn't think it's just U.S., Mexico, the Caribbean guys in Dominican Republic, Cuba, and Venezuela. No, you got to think about these guys over there in Japan. You got to think of the Australians too. Australia had, yeah. you know, they surprised you. Same thing as Team Italy. Netherlands. I mean, Netherlands as well. I mean, it's a worldwide sport. And we cannot say it's not because it is. And the WBC just showed you right there in that game. Who were the biggest surprises this year in the WBC for you? Like, what are you thinking? I I said my underrated team was going to be Venezuela. And I'll stay. I'll say the biggest surprise will be on it uh, will be Venezuela too because they went undefeated in pool play against a tough Dominican team, another tough Puerto Rico team. I mean, them two teams right there yeah. are just tough, you know, to get out. And them teams are usually the ones to move on into the quarterfinals. And like they just did not win, like just barely. They they laid out a statement yeah, winning they, those games. They were it, like so, I believe the Dominican Republic game or. I might be mistaken. One of those games wasn't even close. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, so I would say that would be my biggest team. Yes, they had some superstar players, but mainly Anthony Santander was yeah. one of them that helped Peralta. them. David Peralta as well. I mean, them two guys are veterans in this league. And, I mean, Jose Altuve had his injury. Andres Jimenez was okay. Salvador Perez was the MVP of the pool play. But you got to give credit to pitching, too. I mean, Luis Garcia did really good. Jesus Lazardo looked good. Pablo Lopez played a great game against, I believe it was the Puerto Rico. So, I mean, give them credit. I mean, they were a big surprise because they almost got to the semifinals. What about you? I would say my team was Mexico. Yes, we expected them to advance with the mm-hmm. United States, but I feel like they were the underdog in every single game. They played against the United States. No one thought they can beat it. Against Puerto Rico, no one thought they can beat it. Japan, they stood their ground. Yeah, like we're like we're talking about we're about a good pitch away from just three outs, three out, three outs away from Mexico beating Japan. And I feel like they did so much for that state. I'm sorry, they did so much for that country in baseball. Because if you think about Mexico, you automatically think about soccer, mm-hmm. right? But they're they're showing the world that Mexico is not just a soccer country; it is a baseball country. You got Brandon Moreno and UFC. You have I forgot his name, but he's in the I believe he's in the Formula One. Who yeah, the F one racing. Yeah, F one yeah. racing, right? Like Mexico just showed the world. I wouldn't be surprised in twenty twenty six. We have we're hearing more names come coming from Mexico mm-hmm. in the WBC and even coming more into the big leagues. Like we already have Julio Diaz. Luis Urias hit two big RBI yeah. hits and big even time. that three run home run. Like we're going to see more players coming from Joey Mexico. Manessis. I mean, he was 30. I mean, he's a 30 year old rookie from last year, but man, he swung that bad. Really great for them. Yeah. That team's going to get better. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised seeing Mexico in the semifinals next year. I, I, me and you, I believe we both had him coming out of pool C. So, I mean, Mexico did make a statement. I mean, too, they changed Mexico's lifestyle and sports. Because like now, you, yeah, you see a lot of young players. I mean, right now on social media, a lot of kids are doing the little Randy Rosarena pose when, you know, Randy's, yeah, stood up all straight 
on the base and crossing his arms and everything. They're doing that. Even one of the Mexican league teams in soccer for the women's soccer league. Yeah. That she did one, she scored a goal and she did the same thing. Basically the, I guess you could call the a Rosa Reina <laughs> celebration. So he, he's a Cuban player, but he defected from Cuba and now he's with Mexico. He tried, you know, he did everything in his power to get the president to have him sign as a Mexican citizen. And sure enough, that happened and look what's happened. I think, Mexico, I, I agree with you. I think they'll be on the come up for 2026. For sure. And I feel like Arizona made a landmark in that country. And he may be Cuban, but he's Mexican for sure. This oh, he, he got some blood in him, dude. So, I mean, what would you like to see in the 2026 WBC? I, we talked about our biggest surprise from this coming WBC. I want to know what's going to be like in 2026 for you. What do you would like to see? I feel like I want to see more teams. Like the World Cup is expanding to, uh, I believe, sixty-four teams, something like that. Uh-huh. I feel like the World Baseball Classic has that capability. Capability, yeah, yeah. to um, to expand. Like we saw Nicaragua, we saw Great Britain, Czech Republic. Great Britain, and Czech Republic actually got a win. Yeah, too. Czech Republic was just a fascinating story in themselves too. For sure, we got guys that don't even play baseball striking out Otani. <laughs> like it's crazy. I feel like that's just good for the game. It's good. For us to expand, be international, because we're gonna get these great players from, uh, you know, from all these other countries. Like for example, the Tigers signed a pitcher from Nicaragua after his performance in the yeah. WBC. Like this is what we need. Story. Yes. This is what we need. We need more international play. It's just better for the game. Yeah, I agree. And I'm gonna go a little step further. I want to see more star players participate. Absolutely. USA, if they had the starting pitching, I could. I mean, they had a good game against Japan, three to two. But I believe if you see a Max Scherzer, if you see a Jacob deGrom, if you see a Corbin Burns type of starting pitcher, I think it's a different ballgame. I think it's more 1-0 or – and obviously USA could just shut them out right there because the bullpen wasn't bad. I'm not going to say they were bad because Ryan Presley held hit down whenever he came into play. Devin Williams, my God, yeah, that changeup. Sexy, sexy. That's just one word to describe his changeup. But I mean, the bullpen held it down. It's just like I said, if the U.S., the Americans, if they're gonna want to win that WBC, it has to be pitching. Pitching was there, but if we want to see them win another WBC title, we need to see more star players, and that even including the outfielders. I mean, and the infielders as well. The the roster. So I, I like to see that coming in next year. We see a lot of the star players too from other countries, Dominican Republic. A lot of teams told them that they were restricted from playing. You had Luis Castillo. You had Framber Valdez. I mean, Framber Valdez's decision was very different compared to Castillo's and Luis Severino's. But I I like to see more star players come into play for the next WBC. Oh, for sure. I feel like every team had their ace except the United States. So being able to play for your country and like, be out there and participating like we want the best out of the best out there it yeah. just puts on a good show and you know we had it this this year hopefully in three years we have the same thing yeah and not for injuries too i mean it happens for both spring training and i mean brandon nimbo had a scary situation there when he was sliding into second and that was in spring training yeah. so i mean the injuries are going to happen if people are very concerned about the wbc in 2026 seeing altuve get hurt by getting a fractured thumb and same thing as edwin diaz I mean, I wouldn't even really say he was celebrating. He was in the celebration, but I don't think he was trying to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I mean, the injuries, I don't think it will affect the WBC. 
What are okay? So now we're gonna do our very, very, very early predictions because again, the WBC is three years away. <laughs> Who wins the twenty twenty six WBC? I gotta go with the Americans. They they were right there, literally the tip of their tongue. I mean, their hand was almost at that trophy. Trey Turner, historic WBC for him, five home runs. I mean, that's very remarkable. I think the U.S. just because I feel like the recruiting process when it comes to that year. I'm going to see more star players. Rob Manfred even said it himself that he wants to see more star players come into play next year for the U.S. So I think the Americans, I could see them going back into the championship game and taking that trophy back in 2026. How about you? I say the Dominican Republic. I'm a big guy on redemption. So with that, like what I mean about that is, for example, when I'm drafting in fantasy baseball, when a guy has a terrible year, I take a gamble on him. Yeah. Because I feel like they're not going to be terrible that long. And I feel like this loss by the DR not advancing out of pool play puts a bad taste in their mouth. And they're going to come in, like, they're going to be throwing the whole kitchen sink in every game. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're going to want to recuperate for that. to be major changes in the DR. Maybe we see a little bit more major league players or even, like, I don't know, maybe the, the, they they start doing things differently over there to yeah. make sure they are qualifying, make sure they win it all. So I say the Dominican Republic because they're playing with that energy that they, they want to avenge themselves for sure yeah it's going to be a tough wbc next uh 2026 it's, it's going to be very exciting too because this year was just the start of it because we got to see shoei otani shoei otani didn't participate in 2017 yeah. not a lot of all-star players from the u.s like mookie betts mike trout none of them guys played in the 2017 because it was john carlos stan and adam jones the bullpen was not even all that either. It was a lot of veterans in there. And yeah, we got Tyler Clippard in. Tyler Clippard. I mean, come on. So I expect a lot of excitement for 2026. You thought this was the big, and this is barely the beginning. That's I was about to say, say that. that. It's like, yeah. how do you replicate that? Yeah, it's, it's just the beginning, I'd say. And then if you saw the Japan and the United States game, in between the commercials while, was, while the team was warming up, there was protesters going on about the Cuban government where – they're trying to get away from the dictatorship after Castro and, you know, they're having some tough times over there. So we even had a Cuban catcher, Ivan Prieto, defect from Cuba. He just, he, wow. le he left the hotel room, did not go on the plane back to Cuba. He stayed in the States. And I mean, things must be really bad for yeah. players and even their citizens to be doing that. Again, we see a lot of immigrants uh, sailing in from, to, from Cuba to Miami. So hopefully that situation gets better where, we have more Cuban players representing the country for sure. Cause I feel like they only had two, Luis Robert and Yohan Mancada. And I yeah. feel like if that team can get like a Jordan Alvarez in that team or, you know, you like Lorenz Gurriel or other yeah, big Yuli Gurriel too. I mean, they said Yuli Gurriel was going to be like Albert Pujols. I mean, he was Albert Pujols in Cuba. Yeah. That's how they compared him to at his young age in his 20s. And Tiasho yeah, signed him in his early 30s. And I mean, the rest is history for Gurriel. We could talk about him. But I mean, Cuba players, like we said, Randy Rosarena was a defect from Cuba. Luis Robert, um, was he a defect? No, I don't think he was because he was allowed to play uh, for the Cuban team. The Cuban team didn't want any defects. Oh, players. exactly. So, I mean, Johan Makata, I mean, he's a good player. We already know about Jordan Alvarez himself. Like you said, I mean, the talents there is just, just representing the country and how the government situation is right now. Yeah, hopefully there. it gets better. Yeah. So that is all for our show for today. Uh, Angel, you got any last words before? Get ready for baseball. It's here. It is here. We are one week away, ladies and gentlemen. One week away from opening day to seeing the Astros gold banner, seeing the Astros get their World Series rings. 
very exciting to be a part of. But continue to follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave us a rate. Leave us a review. We'd like to hear your opinions. We'd like to see us get better as well as a podcast. Next episode, before we start doing the previews for the Chicago White Sox series, we want to hear your early predictions for the 2022, not 2022, 2023 season. AL MVP, NL MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. I mean, we want to hear it all. Who do you think is going to get it? Who do you think is going to be the comeback player? I have an eye for one already. I'm just going to say right now, I think Chris Bryant. I think he could be a guy. Um, So we want to hear it from you, though. Uh, We'll put our takes, but the fans is what's more important. The audience, we just want to get your takes on that. But that is all for today's show. Happy Friday, Junior, on this lovely Thursday. We will see you 